our Father, we honor you. Bless your name. We bring reverence, worship, glory to you. King of glory, we honor you, our Father. Bless you. Thank you, Lord, for your spirit. Thank you, Lord, for your life. Thank you, Lord, for life, for your life, your life, your life which you've given to us. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Lord, we come before you today again before your table. Lord, we are praying for mercy. We're asking for mercy from you. Have mercy on us this evening again, Lord. Come and bring guidance. Lord, help us. You know what we need, our Father, that great shepherd of the sheep. Come and help our soul, shepherd us, shepherd our heart, guide our soul, Lord, into pasture. <laughs> you are the door of the sheep. If any man comes in to the fold by you, the Lord says, we'll go in and out and we'll find pasture. Help us, Lord, to find pasture. You, you will lead us beside the still waters, restore our soul, make us to lie down in green pastures, in green pastures in the spirit. Thank you for pastures that are already prepared for us, prepared for us, your table prepared. Lord, even in the presence of our enemies, you, you also anoint our head with oil, and our cup will run over. Thank you for our cup will run over this evening. I pray let every cup, every heart, every vessel, let it, let it run over. Let it run over. Thank you, our Father. We give you reverence. We honor you. Bless your name. But I pray and bring your word. Judge this world. Judge it. Put it in its place world and its things, its cares, all its, all its things. Father, I pray, O oh God, that bring judgment. Bring judgment through your word. Thank you, our Father. We give glory to your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Glory to God. Um, praise Jesus. Thank you. Revelation 2, verse, um, from verse 1, it says that um, unto the angel of the church of Ephesus, write, it says, write, um, this thing said he that holdeth the, the seven stars in, the right, in his right hand, who walketh in the midst of the golden, the seven golden candlesticks. Praise God. I know thy works and thy labor and thy patience and how thou canst not bear them which are evil. And thou hast tried them 
which say they are apostles and are not, and has done what? You have has found them liars. And has borne and has, has patience and for my namesake has labored and has not fainted. But nevertheless, I have, I have somewhat against thee because thou has left thy first love. Praise God. Father, we thank you this evening. Thank you for your word. I ask, Lord, release your breath, release your spirit upon us, upon everyone, upon my heart, Lord. Help my heart, Lord. Help me, Lord. I want to say the right things. I want to, I want to, I want to follow the exact, Lord, leading of your spirit for us tonight, I pray. Lord, let your grace, your grace fill this house, your grace of ministry. Thank you for the present the present dispensation, the present apostolic dispensation. Thank you, under your servant, Daddy Reverend Kayode Uyegoke, who you sent, Lord, for this time, Lord, to speak, to bring forth expressly your counsels, your wills, Lord, to lay the path, the foundations, discover, discovery of foundations, Lord, which even your church ought to be built upon. Father, even in this time, Lord, we, we come on the, all the help, ministries, Lord, from heaven, which you have released for the commission of these things, these things which your heart is pregnant with, that every soul should come to know. I ask, oh God, that we want to wanna come in contact again tonight with that ministry. Lord, I pray that let, let it be a blessing. Lord, let my tongue be just an extension, an unworthy, an unworthy extension. But Father, make it worthy in this moment. Make it able in this moment. You who make us able minister of the New Testament, Lord, for your own will and for your purpose and even for your glory. Thank you, Lord Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Glory to Jesus. Um, so he says that um, I have somewhat against thee because thou hast left thy what? Thou hast left thy first love. Thou hast left thy first love. So remember therefore from whence thou art fallen and repent and do the first works or else I will come unto thee quickly and I will remove thy what? Thy candlestick out of his place, except thou repent. Amen. Amen. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Uh, verse 2, so he said, I, I know thy works, thy labor, and thy what? Patience. You see that? That how thou cannot bear them which are evil. And thou hast tried them which say they are apostles and are not, and has not, has found them what? Has found them liars. So um, it's clear that verse 2 is bringing, is speaking about the, first of all, um, the, the angel. So this is the angel of the church. 
in Ephesus, right? That is bringing the message. Um, of course, we know this angel is speaking. When he speaks, he speaks as the Lord. So it says that um, is a is almost not directly a message, even though it's to the churches, but it's really it's to the the angels of the churches, right? And of course, angel means messenger, right? Angel means messenger. Um, it means um, an angel is not just um, a carrier of information. An angel is someone who can bear a message by their pressing, right? By they are actually framed to, to be embodiment of particular message. Do you see them? Yes, uh, so um, this angel um, is, is an angel of this particular church. So there's a way you can open up your understanding about the idea of angel, um, not just a being that's flying, maybe a being that flies to them or something. Um, you can, this angel, it, it could be the pastor of the church. It could be the, you understand, um, praise God. Um, or it could be, if the, if the pastor or a minister, it means... Um, it is for the the angel is the actual the person who has the the completeness of the message. Do you see that? The, who has the the fullness, the embodiment of the message for that particular church? So, and such a person is the person who is a, is qualified to speak and to this church. Praise God. Uh, because without um, that, what I will call it the angelic stature. Amen. Amen. Praise Jesus. Thank you, Father. I'll call it the word, the, the angelic word, stature. So it means that every of this church has an angel that is like a representative or a bearer of the message, which is the message, which, which is, and I've said message, actually is, is tiding. Another word for message is what? Is tithing, but also another word for message is doctrine. Or if you if you read from that Isaiah chapter twenty-eight, right, where you're saying that um, who will he teach knowledge, right? Who will it cause to understand doctrine? And if you check the meaning of that word doctrine, doctrine means message or it means tidings. Praise God. So, but it's not just tidings as in terms of information about something. It's more of um, that which is embodied, that's what makes it a, a message. Praise brought, which is it's it's, it's it's information, or it is 
something that's delivered via a messenger. Right, it's, it's delivered via what? Via a messenger who, in whom in a walking in, the inward of whatever that message is. Do you see them? And so you see that this, that each of these, these churches, they have angels, right? So you can speak about angels, you can speak about an angel is a stature, right? Is a stature of a message. Do you see that? Is a what? Is a an angel is a statue of a message. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. Now, so this entity says that unto the angel of the church of Ephesus, right? This thing saith he that holdeth the right the seven stars in his right hand, who walketh in the midst of the seven um, golden candles. Of course, the person who who is this person? Um, is the being who appeared to John in chapter 1. Am I correct? Let's see him in chapter 1 um, from verse 10. Chapter 1 verse 10 it says that I was in the spirit where on, on the Lord's day and heard behind me a great voice as of a trumpet. So John was, was in the spirit. So it's clear that um, everything that he began to, ex- to see, he began to experience, um, was, were things that he had to be in the spirit to come into, to come into a, a positioning where he's able to, to, to see, to hear, to see, amen, this um, conversation that's ongoing. And then quickly it says that in the street and the hair behind him, a great voice as of a trumpet saying, I am Alpha and Omega, the first and the last. All thou seest write in the book, send it unto the seven churches which are, in, which are in Asia and unto Ephesus and unto Smyrna and Pergamos and Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia and Laodicea. And I turn to see the voice that spake with me and being turned, I saw seven what? Seven golden candlesticks. Praise God. Um, And then in the midst of the seven candlesticks, I saw one like unto the Son of Man, clothed with a garment down to the foot and girt about the palms with a golden girdle, and his head and his hairs were white as wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were as what? A flame of fire, and his feet like unto fine brass, as if they found in a furnace, and his voice as the sound of what? Many waters. And then he had in right hand what? Seven stars, and out of his mouth went forth a sharp two-edged sword. Countenance was on the, as the sun shineth in his strength. Praise God. So you see, the, the lampstand is where he stands in the midst of the lampstand, but then you have in his hand seven what? Seven stars. Praise God. But you see, there is a link between the, the lampstand and the stars in his hand, right? Do you agree? Um, you see, if we go down to verse 20, verse 20 explained that. That link, he said that the mystery of the seven stars, 
which thou sawest in my right hand, and the seven golden candlesticks. Praise God. The mystery means this is the explanation. This is actually the dissolving that. So it means that that arrangement of, you know, this is everything John saw in the spirit. Right? John moved into the spirit. And in the spirit, he saw this kind of an arrangement, which was a mystery. Glory to God. And they say that the mystery is that the seven stars are the angels of the seven churches. Right? And then the, the seven candlesticks are the seven churches. You see that? The, the seven candlesticks, where he, the Lord stood in the midst of the candlesticks. And on each of the candlesticks is a church. Right? Now, then in, the, in his hands, in the hands of him that was in the midst of the candlesticks, are seven stars. And so the seven stars are the angels of the seven churches. So you can see that the angels are a type of light. Do you agree? They are a type of light, but they are not the same type of light which the candlesticks moment. Praise God. That the candle, the candlestick is also a bearer of light. And which is what every church is. Every church is supposed to bear a, a light, a type of light. Um, but the, the kind of light that the church bears it was, is, is, is not in the same category that of the light of the church. It's clear that the light of the church in the hand, so of the angels, sorry, in the hand of he who stood is not a burning light. It was a shining light. It wasn't a burning light. It was what? Is a, is a shining light, is a, is a star. They are stars, right? They are stars. So now one thing about stars is a star is a, is a specific kind of light. A star is a glorious light, right? It's, it's a star is what? A star is a glorious light. It's a light that all you can, now to, to put it is, um, a star is a light of the firmament, right? It's not a candle. It's not a candle. You can't trace what gives a star its light. Uh, you can't. I mean, when you are here, when you're on the earth, right, you just see the stars are up there. You see they shine, but you, you can't get this. You see the light, but you can't trace the source because the stars is, is rooted in the firmament. The word firmament represents heaven. Right? That was what we saw from the Genesis chapter 1, right? There was the space between the waters above and then the ones below. That space, he called it firmament. And he said that that firmament, he calls what? The heaven. Glory to Jesus. 
And God set, that was talking about the lights by day and the light by night, and stars also, which are also a type of light. God set them in the firmament of the heaven to give what? To give light. Um, to give light upon the earth. Praise God. Um, so, but in this picture, you see um, two, you see the, the candlesticks around. Praise God. I'm just preaching what I'm seeing. Amen. What am I seeing? I, I'm so sorry. I, I'm, I'm just, <laughs> praise God. Um, I, I'm, I believe I'm following the spirit of God. I believe. I'm not saying that everything I'm saying, I'm just telling you I believe I'm following the Spirit of God. So let's see where the Spirit of God is taking us to. Praise God. So the, the candlesticks are, I see, you see the candlesticks around there, then you see him in the midst. So in the midst of the candlesticks, you actually see, um, of course you have the seven lights, which are stars. But you also, they are actually two lights of two kinds of lights of the firmament. There's one is the light of the sun, which is also present. You read that earlier, which is the, the, the countenance of, of the, the being. Praise God. Let's see verse, um, we stopped in verse 15, right? His voice was as the sound of many waters, then verse 16. And he had in his right hand seven stars, and out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword, and then his, what, his countenance, his countenance was as the sun shineth in what? In his strength. So, so it's really, it was a sun holding stars, right? And both the sun, based on what we read in Genesis chapter, chapter 1, that both of them are they, are, they are lights of the firmament. They are firmament light, but of different category, of different degrees, right? There is one that was as the sun. How does the sun shine in its strength? That was the shining of one of them, praise God. Then the other one, of course, we know that um, the Bible speaks about the, the two great lights, right? The sun and the moon. Praise God. One to rule the day, the other to rule the night. Right? So both of them, sun and moon, they are rulers, actually. Right? Then he now says he made the stars also. So, the, so it means that the star is not a ruling or a reigning light. It's a different kind of light from the kind of light that the sun is and the moon. But of course we know that the moon doesn't have its own light inside. The moon reflects the light which the sun has. So the moon is able to bring the sun's light to the, to the night. Right? To able to bring, it's reflecting the light of the sun and it brings it to the night. So, so what they are just telling you is that even so, the sun is actually the main ruler. It's really the sun that's ruling both by day and by night. But the sun has something called the moon, which it employs to extend, to bring about its own rule in the night. Even though 
there are other lights that shines in the night called stars. You see them? So that, that will tell you that the stars, the stars are, are a lower quality. Even though the stars are present in the night, but the stars is not the ruler of the night. It's the moon that's the ruler by night. Even though the, the moon doesn't generate its own light, it's the light of the sun. Do you see that? So, so you're, seeing, you're seeing two different kinds of, of light of the firmament. Two different kinds of light of what? Of the firmament. You have, what are the two kinds? You have the ruling light or the reigning light. I'll call it the reigning. To rule is to reign. Do you agree with that? To rule is to do what? Is a way of saying reigning. Is a way of saying reigning. Amen. Amen. So, now, both the lights that rule and the other ones also, like the stars also, all of them together are set in the firmament to give light upon the earth. Right? They are all, they are all for the earth. Right? So sometimes the earth can be, enjoying, can be enjoying the light of the sun. Sometimes it can enjoy the light of the, moon, of the stars. They are different kinds of stars. Now, the, the light of the stars um, is... When you say the light of the sun, glory to Jesus. Thank you. The sun, is, the sun is there, but the sun is, you can't have dealings with the sun. You can't talk, you can't query the sun. You can't, you can't learn the sun. You can't study, you can't go close to the sun. You understand what I mean? There's not too much about the sun. The sun is there, even though everything revolves around it. Right? The earth revolves around its own axis, then, and it's for the purpose of its revolution around the sun. Praise Jesus. And everything revolves around it, but it's there. It's not, it's doing its thing. It's just ruling. It's just ruling, and it's raining. Glory to Jesus, like, like God who's who prepared his throne in the heaven. You remember Psalm 132, right? He said that thou prepared your throne in what? In heaven. And your, your what? Your kingdom ruleth over all. Over all. Let me tell you something. When you go down to a hell, it's God who is still ruling. Yes. But when you go there, they have a lying dominion. But that's not really the dominion. Everywhere... There's no place where, no space where you will not find the, the rule, the reign of God. His kingdom actually does what? Rules over. Hell is just a department that God gave to, least to the devil. And said that I will give you a chance. That let's see what you can do. Have your own reign. Your, do your own things in this zone. I give that to you. But it doesn't mean that it's without, beyond the reach of God. Of course, that was proven when Jesus Christ went there. And it was time for him to come out. What happened? The Bible says he was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father. It means the glory of the Father just <laughs> descended there. You can't stop. He didn't knock. He, didn't knock. he just <laughs> went there and took his property right 
from, from the grave. Amen. Was it David who was lamenting in the psalm? But where will I run from you? Even if I make my bed in hell. You know what I'm saying? There's nothing. I can't go outside your reach. I can go to hell and stay there. You are not afraid of hell. You can come there and find me. Because his kingdom does what? It ruleth over all. Praise Jesus. Glory to God. So, so, so God is, God is, God reigns. God rules. That, that, that light. But then there's a different type of light which is also have the same kind of, of, of you know, quality in a way. I mean, it, it's a light that is set in the firmament, that shines from the firmament, but it's not a, a light of reigning or ruling. It's a light of learning. Is a light of what? Of learning. Is a light of education. Do you get what I'm saying? Is a light of what? That's what stars are. Stars are their light of the, the purpose of stars are different. You get when you. That's why you have astrology is a whole diff, a whole world of learning. You see the stars, the way they, they, they have their alignment. You know, the Lord began to speak to Job and ask him questions about that. Have you seen Orion? Have you seen those, those are constellations which God has scattered in the firmament according to certain patterns? Do you get that? According to certain, you see it in the Bible. You see someone following a star. You can't see someone following the sun. Like the shepherds who came to look for Jesus, right? This one, they, they study stars because they found that these stars are is a school. They can actually speak. Who knows how much of what is happening today is already written in the stars? You know, it's, it's a saying. It's, it was written in the stars. It was written in the stars. It means that if you can read the stars, you will understand some things. And people have been reading stars for a long time. I feel that our own generation, we have become dull concerning such things. Right, we become dull, we feel the internet can tell us everything. Right, but it's not true. Some people, imagine some guys were able, to, were able to study, and the Bible didn't say it was the Holy Spirit. Right, who, those, we call them three wise men. Praise Jesus. There are what, three, three wise men. I don't know, it says they came from the East, right? It means they are not Israelites. They are not Israelites. Three wise men who had wisdom. And it wasn't the Holy Spirit. It wasn't an angel who appeared to them. Right? When he came to the shepherds who were watching their flock by night, those must have been Jewish shepherds. Right? Those ones, they had an appearance. Praise God. Was it an angel who appeared to them? Right? While they watched their flock. That's different. Those, but this other one, right far away, God was showing something. That was a, a sign concerning Jesus, telling you that Jesus is not just a small Jewish boy. That, that and you know, those things are written in history. You can't change it. It's recorded. It's in recorded history. That three wise men came from the east to see a boy who was born in Bethlehem. When we say from the east, we don't know how far from the east. We don't know what nation where they came from. We don't know how far away. 
they came from. It was a kind of proof to tell you that Jesus is not some small Jewish boy who, you know, like some of the, some, like maybe the Muslims or some of the, the Jews, just believe that Jesus was just a Jewish rebel boy who was killed for his troubles. You get. They don't believe in the divinity of Jesus, you understand. But um, that thing of those wise men coming was the Lord, was God trying to, to signify that this child who was born, um, the firmament records, has record concerning him. It means they know about him. He's not just a normal person. That things, that information concerning him is written into the framework of creation. It's consequential. Do you get that? That's it. If you say something is written in the stars, that's it. It was written in the stars. It's meant to be. It's ordained. It's interwoven into the order of creation. It's meant to occur. It means that God had it in his mind, right? Right from the beginning. Praise Jesus. So, so those men, just looking at the stars, now imagine how, what kind of a skill is that? It means that those guys, have been, there's, a, there's, a, there's an art of stargazing. It's not even an art. It must be a science now. Right, that astrology where you can read now. Imagine how specific uh, yeah, they must have been able to, to know to see the stars. And you know, stars, you can, and it's not just that the star was moving, there are all kinds of stars who move, who shoot, but there's something about that particular star which shone, which they say we need to follow this star. This star is leading us somewhere. So they must have noticed something unusual, something peculiar about that star, right? That led them all the way to where, to where Jesus was. Praise God. So all I'm just saying this is to, to show to us the how, um, of course, it's the Holy Spirit who is doing all these things, who is writing all these things. It's just to show to us how what stars symbolize. Do you get that? It's to show to us what? What stars symbolize. I, I strongly believe that that thing of reading stars wasn't just a... Adam would have been able to do it too. I believe that. That would have been something because Adam was also was a, an owner of anything that has to do with the physical world, including the heavens. I'm sure Adam would know all the planets, even the ones they've not discovered yet. He will know where they are. He will know everything. He will describe all the stars and everything to you. Yeah. Praise God. That will give you an insight that in um, those, and you know, when they say from the east, the east is where man came from. You know, we, we came from the east and we flooded the whole earth from the east, right? From the east, we went some towards the south, some towards the north, then more recently towards the west. Do you see that? So, because the, the West is the opposite of the East, right? Glory to Jesus. So it's from the, we all came from the East, right? So you, so you see why um, Eastern things, Eastern, when you go to Eastern cultures, Eastern practices, they, have, they still have a lot of elements that are closer to 
almost to original or initial when it comes to natural design of man's ways upon the earth. They have they still have they still richer in those things than those of us who traveled. We went south, many of us where we came from, went more south than this western world. This is the west, right? So these western guys, praise God. Um, the farther from the east you go, the, I believe the more loss has been suffered when it comes to things that were still inside the natural deposits, right? natural deposits of man's ways. Do you understand what I mean? But you say, oh, what is, those eastern guys, those idol worshippers, yes, I, I know. They worship idols, they have their Buddhism, they have their others oriental, those their things, yes, but everybody worships idols. <laughs> the idol which the West worships is more hideous and more destructive and more evil than the, the, the idols which those in the East worship. When you, when you are going towards the East, you still see people can still have graving images till today. And it's strong. All of those things are there. They still worship those things. But that one is a lower kind of worship. The, the, such a person who worships an idol, let's say you, you make an idol physically, and you can still worship it, or you still see it as a medium for you to connect into the unseen or something, that kind of a worship um, is, le is less destructive than someone who worships themselves. Which is what in the West, that one is clear. The God of the West is self. Right? It's the idol. That one, everybody in the West has that one as an idol. Everybody in the West is an idol worshiper. In the, I mean, the developed world. You understand? We are all idol worshippers. God is helping us little by little to be free. But we are all we are idol. And we, we worship the most hideous, monstrous idol. Which is self. Right? That's the, the intellectualism, hyper-intellectualism. Man feeling he can do everything. You get what I'm saying? So God, Satan began to damage man and damage man. Till one day he looked at his idols. How can I be worshipping an idol? Come on, get out of here. You are nothing. You understand what I mean? And he said, well, how can an intelligent man like me be worshipping an idol? A light bulb went up. But that was a more... Satan, just, he just graduated from a lesser idol to a more monstrous word, idol. How you know is that the Eastern guy can easily be delivered from his, be, be what, delivered from his own idol. Bring the gospel. Once they see the truth, ah, once he takes that thing and burns it, that's it. But the man who worships himself, his God is inside him. His God is married to how he thinks. His God, and that's the work of Satan. Right? He's a devil. He's a doer of evil. How to, his skill is how to, how to do evil in a way that it will stay. Right? How to make evil stay is his skill of Satan. Clean it up, make it nice, and just make it secret. And just make the man think he's free. But yet, he has, he's the greatest idol is inside of him. He's a walking idol. He worships, he, has, he worships in his temple. He doesn't need to go to an external temple to worship. He's on the inside, he's 
constantly. He's killing rams, goats, bulls, all kinds of things, serving upon the altar of what? Of his own self. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Um, so, so I was just saying that, um, so you can understand that. Um, so if you think, look at the stars now, you won't understand the stars. But you're using the Bible, thank God for the Bible, we understand that there was such a thing as, as stars being a, a kind of, praise God, a kind of, you know, even now the study of maybe um, extraterrestrial bodies, right? The study of, of space, study of planets, the study of um, stars and all that, it's not the same way it used to be before. Do you get, before, when they are studying stars, maybe even studying the planet, they are not thinking of going there. Yeah. Do, you, do you understand what I'm trying to say? <laughs> they are not what? It never crossed their mind that we should, go, we should find a star or we should find a planet. Or No, it's today that we are looking because we are possessed with what? We are possessed with, with acquisition. We've owned land and everything, oil, everything. We now feel we can own the things in heaven too. Some guys are already dreaming of buying land in Mars. Do you know that? The U.S. now has Space Force, right? They had Air Force, um, Navy, and now they have Space Force. Means they are getting ready for when space warfare begins, right? <laughs> when we begin to. Right? <laughs> it's not a joke. You know they have a Space Force now. Yeah, we're right. Amen. Amen. It's foolishness, right? It's foolishness. Before man didn't, wasn't thinking of leaving the earth to go to other places. It's wretchedness. Now, wretchedness. God, in fact, God did not even put man in the whole earth in the beginning. God felt just, he, just a garden is okay. As big as the earth was, right? God just eastward in Eden. In fact, man wasn't even in the whole Eden. In, there, was, there was Eden... Then eastward in Eden, God planted a garden, and there he put man whom he formed. Do you understand? And when the Bible was saying now, replenish the earth, subdue, it wasn't, just, it wasn't talking about go and take all the land. That the land is not the earth to subdue. The first earth that God wanted Adam to subdue is the one he was wearing. That one, that was the first earth you should fully subdue. And how Adam would have proved that he has subdued his earth is when he's able to bring eternal life into his earth. That, would have, that was the proof. Do you understand? That was the proof of subduing his earth, which he never did, which he was never able to do. See, instead, Satan came and changed the whole program. The idea of now turning, subduing the earth into spreading and filling, getting land and building cities was the idea of Cain. Cain is the first person who began to do that. And we know that was seen in him. Praise Jesus. Who began to do, that began to do all those things. Glory to Jesus. Um, so, 
Um, what I'm just, my point I'm trying to make is very simple, okay? Sorry, I'm sorry for all the many talk. I'm just trying to make a point to differentiate um, between, um, <laughs> praise God, to differentiate between the sun and the stars. That when you see the star is also a glorious entity of the firmament, but it's not a light of rule. It's not a light of reigning. Rather, the stars are in the hand of the sun. Do you get that? The stars are what? In the hand of the sun. Yeah. If you go, if you go into present science now, they'll tell you that, well, the sun is just a type of star. It's not true. Because they feel that the stars are made of the same kind of material called plasma as the sun is. Right? You know the sun is neither solid, liquid, or gas. It's the fourth state of matter. Right? Called plasma. That's what the sun. So because it has that kind of materiality, this, you just assume and say the sun is a type of star. Well, it's not true. The Bible makes us know that it's not true. The sun is not just a type of star. Even though, but you can see they have the same kind of quality of materiality. What kind of materiality? Just the materiality of the realm where they sit, which is the firmament. They are both lights of the firmament, but they are not the same. So because maybe the sun is closer to the earth, and the sun might even be smaller than some stars, doesn't mean, mean stars are greater than the sun. Do you get what I'm saying? You might be like, ah, what do you mean? We're just in one tiny galaxy, which is true. We have our Milky Way, and in the, our Milky Way, our, that's our galaxy. You now have the sun in our own. Our sun and our own solar system is just one out of the many solar systems. And every, so everything just looks big. That's God for you. So you, it will make you feel like this our sun is insignificant to all the many suns and stars. And all. But no, this sun, this our own sun, is the king of them all. Why? Because it's the sun that God designed to rule the habitat where his treasure is. Which is the earth. That's why you can never compare the earth to any planet. No matter what it's like. No matter how nice or beautiful. No matter, and I'm not disputing. They might find some other nice thing out there. Which looks, might even look more lovely than the earth. It doesn't diminish the significance of the earth. Praise God. It's almost as if the Bible doesn't respect those other things, right? It's the heaven and the earth. That's what they mention. That's what really matters. Glory to God. So, so you're seeing two kinds of lights of the firmament, right? The sun. And you're saying that the sun has the stars. Well, it's hard to picture it. How can this our sun have all those stars in his hand? If you want to think of it in that way. But you have to use your scripture mind to understand it. Praise Jesus. So, so you know, it's clear that, that these stars, is, this stars has the doctrine for the churches. Right? The stars have what? The doctrine or the stars have the message for the what? For the churches. 
So when you say an angel, these angels, who are the, they call them the seven angels of the churches, they are, of course, the stars of the churches. They are the stars which the churches should be, should be looking at. Yes. They, they, they actually, they, 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 they present the astrological education. If I can put it that way. They are the, 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 it, the church should be stargazers. Right? To study learning that are in the firmament. Glory to Jesus. So if, if we say the stars are in the firmament, to me, I see the firmament, in, spiritually speaking, as the palm of his hands. Right. I see the firmament as like the palm of God's hands. Praise Jesus. Where he, he spread it out like a curtain, right? That was what the book of... It's like a curtain or like a vesture. Amen. Amen. So, they are, but in this, that firmament, he has put stars there who are embodiment of doctrine or embodiment of the message. So, in other words, as the church is, the church is burning, right? Churches were burning. When you say lampstand, lampstand just simplifies something. Lampstand is, a, of course, it carries a burning light. Praise God. But is a, a burning light is, um, is a, um, it has to do with a light that is, that is carried on stature. Right? It's a light that is on a stature. That the light has a stature, that has a base, that has a foundation. That is, you get what I'm trying to say? Glory to God. So, is a light that is sitting on a type of building. Each candlestick is a type of building. A type of building that's, that is designed. And if we follow the design of the candlestick design, which we see in the Bible, from, of course, the book of um, Zechariah, it's there. Um, the way God told Moses to build the candlestick, the same pattern. When you look at um, Isaiah chapter 11, it's there as well, right? Is that each, each, each of these candlesticks, so you see, there are seven golden candlesticks, but each one of them will have seven lights on them. So if you want to actually count all the different lights, or what you call, right, how many lamps, when you say lamp, lamp means a lamp, a, la a flame, right? That's what you call a lamp. A lamp is really equal to a flame. So a lampstand can have more than one flame. So a lampstand means the stand for the lamp. But the lamp on the stand, right, actually for each of them, if you follow the pattern of the scripture, there are seven of them. So if you want to count how many lamps altogether, you have to be doing seven times seven, Right? which is like 49, if you want to count all of them. Praise Jesus. Amen. Amen. So at, at this point, this, these churches are lampstands. But, but 
I don't think the lampstand state is the end state of the churches. Why? Because we are seeing more glorious lights are actually available. And you want to understand, you want to put chapter 1 and chapter 2 and then 3 together to see the message of what is actually being said is actually a kind of a comparison. Is that all that, if you want to summarize what's being said to the church is that you are bearing a light at a level, but I'm, 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 there's still a gap between your doctrine and the doctrine of your angel. Do you understand what I'm saying? Is like, the language which they kept using for the church is a language of comparison. They're comparing. What are they comparing? They're comparing works. Right, they're comparing what? Comparing. Comparing works. Comparing works. So God is, the Lord Jesus is comparing for each church the work of the angel versus the work of what? Church. Now we say, okay, why, why seven different angels? Why seven different angels? Praise Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. And you know the Bible, it didn't say that any angel was shining more than the other one. It just said there are seven. But we know that they, they have some kind of peculiarities. Each of them. You can sense that from the conversation of each church. It's quite different. Now, so if you tell me what, what is the peculiarity of the, of, the, of the light or the doctrine or the message, the peculiarity of that of the, or the fashion, the way, type of message, the form of the message, which each angel is carrying. What is it really about? Based on everything, you will read it. You see that it, is, it has to do with specific attribute of him who stands, which they, they are framed to, to bear. As a message, there are a specific aspect of him which God. Now, let me tell you something. If the, the, the God's design is for you to arrive at eternal life, right? You must sit on that throne with him. That's the dream of God. That's where, where they want is to arrive at his throne, to sit on his throne. They want to also make you a son like he's his son. To be a reigner like he is a reigner, right? In the last church, he said that he had overcometh with that grant to sit with me on my throne, even as I what I sat with my father in his own word throne. So it will be a son who is sitting with a son who is sitting with another son, and after and those sons will be all eternal sons. <laughs> Praise Jesus. 
glory to God. Hallelujah. Did you catch that? Did you catch what I'm saying? Yes, now, when you say, what, what, is, what, what is this eternal sun sitting on the, as a sun on the throne? It's very simple. How bright do you want to shine? How bright do you want to what? How bright do you want to shine? How bright you is it's clear you are supposed to go from glory to glory. From glory. There will be a time when you will shine and shine. You sh- you now begin to shine as the brightness of the firmament. Do you know that? You will shine as stars. That was one of the, the things that was said in the book of Daniel. That day that Daniel chapter 12. Um, very quickly, yes. Glory to Jesus. It says, many of them that sleep in the dust. Let's quickly verse 1 from verse 1. It says, at, at that time shall Michael stand up, the great prince which standeth for the word, the children of, of thy people. And there shall be a time of trouble such as never was seen since there was a nation, even to that same time. And at that time, thy people shall be delivered, everyone that shall be found where, written in the book. Verse 2. And many of them that sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some toward everlasting life, and some toward shame, and toward everlasting contempt. Are you seeing that? So this is speaking about a, a kind of an awakening. This is not all the full everything that these people will receive. But this is speaking concerning their awakening. When, when they begin to awake, they, they've been sleeping in the dust of the earth after some time. Now, that dust of the earth is not talking about the bad thing. It's just, saying, it's just speaking about where they need to be redeemed from. There is now, praise Jesus. Okay, let, let, let's quickly go. This is from... Um, shall I wake some to everlasting life, then some to shame, and then what? Everlasting contempt. So those who are awakening into everlasting life, everlasting life is a particular place you are waking into, which is not all the fullness of their rising, right? Because they are going to rise, oh. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Say rising. This is not the fullness of their rising, but this is a state. It's a, a state of a kind of fullness that they will need to arise into. Praise God. Some to shame and everlasting contempt. Then it says, They that be wise shall shine as the brightness of what? The firmament. And they that turn many to righteousness as the stars forward ever and ever. So they are, they are telling you. They are equating the awakening of everlasting life to the shining as stars. Do you, does that make any sense to you? They are equating what the word awakening to everlasting life as shining as what? As stars. So, so, Am I making some sense to you? Yes, sir. Shine as the brightness of the firmament, and they that turn many to righteousness as the word. Stars, it's clear. It says, they that be wise, and then they that turn. It's the same thing. It takes a wise person to turn. 
A wise, a wise one is a turner. All right, is a, a wise one is who? A turner. It takes wisdom to turn, to make something to, to turn. It's not any kind of turning. He's talking about turning to righteousness. It means that these guys would have had the skill, the mastery of what to bring about turning. This thing is an everlasting kind of um, an everlasting um, kind of strength. Praise Jesus. To, to turn many to, to righteousness as the stars forever. The reason is because what really causes turning, real turning to righteousness, this is not righteousness as a, at a little level. Right? It, is, it is talking about when the person becomes righteousness or when you become righteousness, you have turned to righteousness. Or you can say you've actually turned into righteousness. So let's say someone just moves into the first heaven or you move into the court. You've not turned to righteousness. You've just been initiated into the beginning cause. A person who has turned to righteousness is someone who has arrived at the joy of righteousness, which is the most holy state of righteousness. Or in other words, you can say someone whose turning has been full is the joy, that your joy might be full. Fullness is the, is the that's the most holy program. Do you get what I'm trying to say? It's the most holy word. is the most holy program. Another way you can express turn to righteousness means establishing the love of righteousness. You can't find the love of righteousness in the courts. Neither will you find it in the sanctuary. The, the full love of righteousness doesn't blossom until it's a joyous love. Right? It's a love of joy. Praise God. Joy and love are twins. You enjoy what you love. Joy will not emerge if there's no love there. There are many reasons. When you're in the sanctuary, you will stay, you will still be continuing to be sanctified there. You can somebody can be doing righteousness in a state of mourning, which is the, the actual kind of, of inward um, what do you call it? Predominant <laughs> state of doing righteousness in sanctification. In Zion, it's actually a state of mourning. But one day that mourning will turn into joy. Yeah. Right? When, when the mourning turns into joy is when the love has blossomed fully. That, that thing which you've been doing in mourning, what are you mourning? You're mourning because you are suffering some loss. You are, some, things are, some things that are, some things you still love are, are being yanked out, being removed, being purified, being sanctified. It's not a very, very easy and nice place to be, but you, you're still continuing in righteousness. Do you understand? But, but the place of love, there's what you call the love world, the love zone, the love domain. When you get, everything is love, 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 love. When you get there, say, hey, how are you? Are you a lover? I'm a lover. You say, we are all lovers. Go look for any corner in that zone. You can't find any entity there who is not a lover you understand when you get to such a place you know that it's called most holy realm 
The most holy realm is the realm where everyone is a lover. Do you, do you agree with me? That's not hard to understand, right? You see, everything is simple now. Everything about most holy is now simple. Just think once, every, when there is no, everything has turned into love, you are in the most holy. If you want to check, why you know that you have gotten to the most holy, check everything has turned into what? Love. You are now in love school, pure love school. So it's now about the perfection of love. That's what the most holy school is about. Do you get that? If you, how you tell someone who has entered the most holy? It's very simple. Check inside their heart. All their, their things have turned to love. Right? It has turned to what? When you check, they only speak love language. You know, for many of us, there are many languages which when you come near us, man, all kinds of things. Sometimes, holy place boys, that's why there's a veil there. Let them not, let them be doing their thing inside that holy place. Don't come, because if they come out too much, they can discourage some Levites. Why? Because of weeping, you know? They say, weeping may endure for the night. That, there's the weeping of the sanctuary. If you bring it and show it to everybody, everybody will do what? You say, ah, we didn't know this what they are doing inside there, is it? Are they flogging them? What are they have? <laughs> Glory to Jesus. Zion is a fire mountain. It's heat. When they are subjecting to sanctification, burning of, of the soul to remove the things that ought not to be there, is a blessed ministry, the ministry of the Lord. Glory to God. They call him the messenger of the covenant. Right, who will come suddenly into his temple. He's the purifier. He will purify the sons of Levi. Glory to Jesus. He will sit there as a refiner's fire. While he's refining, you will hear him shouting, ah, I'm dying. What is it? Because men, are, things are being purged down. Things are being removed. Praise God. You can't bring someone in such dealing to maybe a new believer who just got born again. Is this the God that... <laughs> Have you ever tried to go to some Christians who are not strong with your dealing before? They will actually sit you and say, something is wrong with you. We need to cast out the spirit from you. <laughs> Praise God. When you are coming, some of them can start running. They feel like the thing I'm smelling around all of you guys. I don't want you to come near me. And they know what they are smelling is death. Those things are losing of life is not palatable. Nobody dances while you are doing it. You have to go through some necessity. Praise God. And if you are going through some that thing, you can lose some friends. It's just of the smell of what you're burning when you are roasting you. The smell of the you understand what I mean can be scary to some sorts. <laughs> Praise Jesus. All manner of things happen in Zion. Oh. Zion is not what we thought it is, eh? No, when you see, sing about Zion until you get there, you now discover that Zion, Zion, Zion. Even joy, Zion has his own joy, you, but his joy is different. What you enjoy in Zion are invisible things. 
They must reconfigure your, your way of enjoyment to change your taste buds, change the things which you, you love and the things which you enjoy. But it's, it's awesome. You must stay with it. Go through it. Why? 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 Because you must, you must, you know, like, like Job said, he said, I, I will wait until my change comes. That's the attitude of Zion. Right, it's this day that do wait upon the Lord. Glory to Jesus. Until your what? Until he said, was Job he was saying, he said, for he knows the way that I go. That after he has tried me, I will come forth as gold. I will come forth as gold. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. For the trying of your faith being much more precious than of gold that perisheth. Right? Shall we found? Though it be tried with fire, might then be found unto praise and honor, and then glory at the world appearing of Jesus. Amen. So, so to, to walk out a lover, a lover, when you see a lover, a lover, say a lover. Okay. What it takes to make a man a lover of God's things, or a lover of God. When you see a lover, in a lover, in their eyes, in their nature, in their demeanor, you see many, many, many brokenness. To, to raise a lover, you must break a man. You have to dismantle that thing called man. Everything, his appetite, his loves, everything. You, you must confuse him, throw him into a state of confusion. To let, while he's spinning, remove, begin to remove all the things that are attached to him. <laughs> you understand what I mean? It's not easy. It's not to, for a man to arrive to a, play, a place where he has settled. You know, after spinning in Zion, you're now, you're now coming to a state. It's called peace with God. That's, what, that's the end of sanctification. So it's clear that a, a peacemaker has the foundation to love. You can't bring love to someone who is not at peace. It will be, have you, it will be war. You can't, love will not stay. If like, there's still war in you and I want to make you a lover, when I bring the love, by tomorrow, what will happen? So another department of the person will say, hey, there's something we haven't yet, um, we have not yet resolved this other issue. Can we, <laughs> what? But they are that you know the soul has arguments with God. That's what we have. We have arguments with God. We just we are just arguing with Him constantly. God, yeah, I like the message of Saturday. The message is very lovely. The way He painted the holy place. The way He painted everything. Eternal life. I know. But God, 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 God. But but the but we have. How do you say no more? I don't have but. I agree with all the message. No, you have bought. How do I know? Your bought are in the, the, the obediences you haven't done yet. It's because there is a bought somewhere. Bought doesn't always manifest in your language, your conscious mind. How you know if someone has a bought is check their ways of obeying. They, they, will, when they, they will be obeying this sweet message until they get to one area. That area will just be removed from the whole thing. It's because there's something in the nature that's, there's, a, there's a nature conversation that's not willing to the, they're not willing to have. 
You get what I'm saying? So those areas are the areas of argument still. They are, they are the areas of argument. And the Lord, will, it doesn't mind, he will keep arguing those arguments. You begin to answer them one by one. Begin to answer them until when you've answered all the arguments a man has. Then a new man will appear. That new man, who you call Christ. Christ is a man who no longer has questions for God. That's the nature of Christ. Uh, Christ just simply means a man who is at peace with God. Do you agree? That's Christ's nature. A man, when a man is, and only one nature of man is at peace with God. Adam had his own, in, his own initial nature that had his type of peace. But his peace was not, was, has not been, his peace has not been become, has not become incorruptible. Right? So in it, uh, he was in a state where he, he started with some tranquility. If Adam wasn't a man of peace, he can't stay in Eden. Right? But Adam was a man with a kind of peace that could stay. And in that place of peace, he was having fellowship with God, communion with God. God would come in the cool of the afternoon. They would do all of their things. There was peace. But somewhere, someone came and awoken him from that peace. How did we just introduce some question to Adam? That these are, God did everything very nice, I know, but have you asked this question concerning that tree? <laughs> have, you, have you considered this whole thing about that tree? Are you getting what I'm trying to say? Why hasn't God been speaking to you about you two being like a God and you two living forever? Satan began to ask that. What did he do to Adam? He put seed of unrest is to, to bring him out of his place of peace with God. You understand what I mean? Glory to Jesus. That was what that seed of the knowledge of good and evil did to man. Right? Amen. Amen. <coughs> Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. But to help man, bring man back to deal with God, you must make man become at peace again. Find a way to bring man back to peace with God, which is bring man back to the beginning. Or let his, his, his feet trace his way back into what um, the Bible called the way of peace in the book of Luke chapter 1. No, that was the prophecy, glory to Jesus, when Zechariah began to prophesy in that Luke chapter 1. That was what he spoke about. Uh, to guide your way back into, see, to give light to them that sit in darkness in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way. You know, he was speaking concerning an horn of salvation. Let's see verse, um, the verse um, before, verse 78. Praise Jesus. Okay, we'll go back to where he started. Just said, Thou child was prophesying concerning John, right? Um, and if he was prophesying concerning John the Baptist, by extension, prophesying about Jesus. Because there's nothing about John that didn't have to do with Jesus. He, he said he came to make straight the path. It's actually, so everything about John was actually for Jesus. It's for the ministry of Jesus. Glory to Jesus. He says, for, and thou child shall be called prophet of the highest. It means that you prophesy concerning the highest. 
Do you see that? That's what John was actually prophesying. He was a, he was a prophet of what? He's a prophet of the highest. He's, he was a sign of the highest, prophesying for the highest. Glory to Jesus. He's, a, he's actually a prophet that his, his prophetic ministry had to do with the man's return back into the business of the highest. He came to prepare the way to show the way for the son of the highest. Amen. Amen. This thing about the highest is, is an aspiration that every man should fall into. You shouldn't fall, you shouldn't aspire. Don't aspire below this highest. You know, when you are setting your gaze and say, what do I want to be? I want to be a nice guy. It's not enough. I want to be a spiritual person. No, it's not, you, are not, you are not setting your gaze at the right point. Shift it a bit higher. Let the Lord enlarge your heart to accommodate more of it. Glory to Jesus. Say, thou child shall be called the prophet of the highest, for thou shalt go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways. Glory. You see that is for the preparation of his ways. Then he, when you prepare his ways, the reason why his way needs to be prepared because of what he will begin to do is to give the knowledge of salvation unto what his people by the remission of their sin, verse um, 78, through the tender word, mercy of our God, whereby what the day spring from on high had what visited us, continue, and to give light to them that sit in darkness and then in the shadow of death. That them that sit in darkness. When they say you are sitting in darkness, where is that darkness? Sir, where is the darkness where you sit? Quickly. Huh? Hmm? Sorry. Oh, holy place. Who's answering me? Nobody's answering. Nobody knows it. Okay. Or you don't want to help me, you want me to just be shouting, no problem. <laughs> to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death. So darkness is the sanctuary, glory to Jesus. Amen, darkness is the sanctuary. Um, amen. amen. Or you're afraid of getting it wrong. Why? <laughs> we do you have, rep is it reputation you have? What's the, what's the huh? So they won't know you don't know it. Huh? God needs to help you guys. They need, to, they need to give you the grace of flowing. If you are not flowing, the Spirit of God will not flow. You understand? You have to learn how to flow. If I ask a question, if the answer comes in your heart, shout it out. Don't be thinking of, is it wrong? It's not a, why are you thinking of yourself in that moment? You understand what I mean? We are, we are trying to... We are, we are, we are sitting around the table of meekness. The Lord is trying to teach us. So there's a childlike heart with which you, you respond to it. Glory to God. Amen. So to give light, it's not an exam. I'm not examining you. I'm not saying, ah, that person didn't know the answer. Praise God. <laughs> to them that sit in darkness and then in where? In the shadow of death. There's what you call the shadow of death. The shadow of death is the dead, is the shadow which death casts. There is actually there is a kind of death that is ahead. 
there's a point where they call, is a darkness, then there's a realm of darkness called the shadow of death. It's just before the veil into the most holy. Do you get what I'm saying? That place is a, is a waiting place, is a waiting spot. Praise God. It's a place where you, it's, it's a dark corner. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. And as a, a, what you call the shadow of death, glory to Jesus. And you, you must sit there for a kind of guidance into the way of peace. So the way of peace is an onward way which you come into when you have arrived at peace with God. So it's clear that the way into the most holy is, the, is, the, is called the way of peace. Do you see that? The way into where? The most holy is what? Is the way of peace. Any man who hasn't made peace with God will not be able to sit in that way, will not be able to find that way of peace. It's a way of peace on the inside. Right? How do you arrive? What bridges the gap between you having queries with God, arguments with God, to a point where you are settled in love with God. The, the, the way into that state is peace. Do you get what I'm saying? There must be a peace must have happened to you. You must have, you must have your, your questions or your queries against God must have been answered. And it is answered inside a nature. It's the spiritual nature. The spiritual nature is a nature that no longer questions God. Right? It's a nature who no longer has that thing called enmity, has been healed, it has been removed. He's a man who is in alignment. He's a man who is, is actually called, is a kind of a meek man. A man who God can. He said, the meek will he guide in judgment. Right? It is a soul that has, you get so spiritual to the point where you no longer question God in his thinking, in your thinking, in your, in your, your way of uh, judging the, I know what makes us question God is the world, not just the world. You can have, the, you can be in the world and not question God. If you are have, if you are spiritual, if you are spiritual, you won't take the world's queries against God and begin to fire them at Him, right? When you are spiritual, the world will have its what accusations against God. But when you are spiritual, you have another mind entirely concerning God. The world will say, God is there, this, God is that, God's way, God's life is not caring about this, it's not answering this, it's not concerned about this, it's not, it's not robust enough, it's not wide enough, it's not considerate enough. It can't supply all these things. It can't answer this one. It's not relevant here. It's not relevant there. These are questions the world has against its accusations against God. But a spiritual mind, man, can think beyond those things. That's how you know you are. Why? Because he compares spiritual things with spiritual. According to another wisdom, the Bible calls it the wisdom is from above. Right? It says that which things we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing what spiritual things what, with spiritual. Means you're able to have right judgment. And let me tell you something. 
Only the only spiritual judgment can make your heart be at peace with God. Only spiritual what? Judgment can do what? Only spiritual judgment can make your heart at peace with God. You can't bring God to come and make sense here. It will not work. You will not discover that it's not making sense. It's not adding up in many ways. For you, for you to have peace with God, you have to be able to, to, to judge him purely in the spirit. You must be able to, to, the Holy Ghost will give you purely spiritual metrics. Right? Purely what? Spiritual what? Metrics to judge God by. Hallelujah. Amen. That's why you can't say, God, I don't have money. You're not good to me. There's something wrong with that. Why? Tell me what's wrong with that evaluation. Um, what? You're doing what? You're comparing spiritual thing with non-spiritual. Money is not spiritual. God is spiritual. How can you measure God's goodness by money? You are breaking this wisdom of 1 Corinthians 2 verse 13. You can't say God... It's not good. Christians are not rich. No. And you might say, oh, this is, we have overcome this thing now. We're not even thinking. We don't even like money anymore. We all have our own things that we compare God with. I want to ask you, that thing you are trying to use to check, is God this thing real? Is spiritual. Is it spiritual? God, you haven't done this for me. Is this, this is a time in my life where this should happen. Therefore, am I in the right place? Am I in the right... Uh, my question is that, is it spiritual? That's how you compare. If you're not using the right metrics, you will have accusation with God. You won't settle in peace with God. That's why you see, when you look at somebody who has arrived at peace with God, they won't look like what you expect. They won't look, you might feel like, ah, when you say, as the guy we know, this guy has arrived at peace with God. You say, really? Ah, this thing we've been learning. It means someone has reached there. Let's go and see what it looks like. What you think the guy would look like is not what he will, he will look like. For you to even judge a man who has arrived at peace with God, you yourself, your own way of judgment must be different. Means you, <laughs> you, you must have the, the savour of spiritual things. You must be able to have also within your own nature, you must have balances, weight, that can weigh spiritual things and tell their value. You, get, you know, we don't all have that. When they would say, this is a spiritual thing, do you know it's worth? We might not know the worth of something spiritual. But when something natural is coming, we throw it away and quickly grab the other one. Because we don't have, our scales are not right. We use scales of the natural. You can't use the scale of the natural to determine spiritual value. You always make an error. You always make a mistake. And that's why when you are joining in the spirit to become spiritual, you always feel cheated. You know why you feel cheated? You now ask God, God, why can't you let me use my scale to measure you? So I can know if, you are, um, if I am being cheated or not. 
But God will say, no. I'm the one bringing the things, but I'm the one who will also bring the scale. You just have to trust me. In other words, God will say, can you trust me that I'm not cheating you? Say, God, by this time in my life, this God will say, okay, wait, can you trust me that I'm not cheating you? The Lord will say, can you trust me that if you follow, keep following me for the next 30 years, the next 40 years, in this manner, that I won't cheat you? Do you get that? <laughs> Those are the calculations of a spiritual man. A spiritual man can accept. Then, and when God is saying that, it's not just saying blindly trust me. You must trust first. The main trust mainly is to accept his scale. Do you understand? But after you've, you've trusted him and said, God, is okay. I will use your own scale. Then you, when you use his own scale to measure, hey, you, really, you say, God, 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 I don't deserve these things. Do you mean you, have, you want to give me all these things? God, I'm cheating you. You know, where God brings his bringing things from, the things he wants to give you, the, 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 the Ephesians call them is according to the riches of his glory. You know, Paul, you know, that's where Paul began to pray from. You know, you know Paul went to that terrible experience where everything he counted as worth anything in this world. Philippians 3. Turn it to dung. They, they, they made him count them one by one, all to be dung, to, for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ. He said that I might win Christ, to win Christ. Not like why you win a prize. It's Christ me I want to win. Something has happened to Paul. So Paul was educated concerning the, 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 the realm of riches in the spirit. He was very conversant. The way you think money, Paul thinks other things. You know how money is real to you, eh? There's an amount that will just land in your account. As you are here right now, once it enters the account, you will just, you will just shake, you will feel something has happened because the amount of tie is very strong, you know what I mean? <laughs> you know some guys there, it's not just their phone that gets a lot, their nervous system also. The tie with the account has become, has become so strong that <laughs> Amen. Well, Paul was different. The way Paul gets a lot of download of spiritual things, they became, they became tangible to him. Paul, can, can, Paul could trans, transact in the currency of grace. Paul can describe graces to you, they are different shape and fashion. What this one can do, what the other one can do, all of them. Then there's a winner, there's a dimension of all grace which can abound towards you. That that one is very special. It will make you have all sufficiency in all things. Paul was educated concerning graces, spiritual. That's why he could describe spiritual things in clear terms. If you ask Paul, Paul, do you know of a commodity in the spirit called redemption? He say, yes, I know what redemption is. Can you begin to describe to me? Yeah, give me a pen and paper. Let me begin to describe redemption. He wrote those letters. He began to explain spiritual commodities to us. 
Say, Paul, do you know something called righteousness? Of course, yes. The Lord, I, I know about righteousness. Do you want the thesis of righteousness? I can, explain, I can explain the currency of righteousness to you in clear terms. Clear terms. Glory to Jesus. How did he get there? Is by counting. He chose. What he was saying in that Philippians 3 is that I chose to change my scale. The moment I changed my scale, I brought everything I had and weighed them. They all were nothing. So I moved them. Way. I counted them all down for the excellency of the knowledge that I might win Christ, that I may be found in Him, not having my own righteousness, which is of the law, but the righteousness which is of God by faith. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. I, I, mean, I'm, I know I'm speaking to somebody today. I know. Maybe it's one person. I know I'm talking to someone today. I'm talking about changing your skills, change how you judge God, stop accusing Him. That's why you must count your blessing. You must, you must have the sense to be able to do that. And, and, and esteem the value of what the Lord has given to you. And what he's blessing you with. Glory to Jesus. I love that Pauline prayer. I say that I bow my knees to the Father. From whom all the family in heaven and earth. That he will grant unto you according to the riches of his glory. According to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. You see, this strength he just spoke about now is a type of commodity in the spirit. Say, are you weak? You don't need money. Don't have plenty big account and be walking around this wicked world as a weakling. In your, do you have what is called strength by his spirit in your inner man? If you don't have it, you can get it. It's a provision that comes from the riches of his glory. There are all manner of strengths there. Do you know that? Amen. Amen. So that, that Christ might dwell in your heart by faith. Right? That you've been rooted, grounded. These are blessings, dividends. God can say, I want to pay you. God, God can say, this year, in our, in our, all of our children, you know he said that all the family on heaven and earth is named. So God has account for all his children. They can say, this year, my daughter, my son, these are the things we want to push into your corner. We want to download some things to you. Do you see that? The indwelling of Christ by faith. Being rooted and grounded where? In love. So after Christ has dwelt in your heart by faith, you now need to become rooted and then what? Grounded in love. So the word Christ means peace. We all know that, right? Christ means what? Peace in the spirit. So when peace dwells in your heart by faith, you gain, it spreads out the ground for love. Peace is the bed where love play occurs. 
peace is the playground of love. You can't, be, you can't do love play when, without the ground of peace. You say, we're not at peace, but let's talk love. No. Have you seen two guys who are fighting? Say, how can we love each other now? That's not the... Let's settle first. When we settle, peace is there. Then love will begin to come gradually. So it's peace before love. Peace before love. Peace before love. Are you getting what I'm trying to say? Say peace before love. But for you to arrive at peace, certain exchange must be done. Certain, you must change your, remove your judgment of the natural. Choose to become spiritual. Glory to Jesus. Being rooted and grounded in love quickly. Let's see that we might be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth, what is the length, and the depth, and the height to know the love of Christ. Are you seeing that? Which passeth knowledge. And then that you might be filled with all the word fullness of God. So you mean that Christ, which is peace, has its fruit called love. This fruit, or what we call the love of Christ, is the proof that you are at peace with God. You have borne that fruit of love. Ah, they say, okay, we can now bring you into our own realm to begin to learn our love. Glory to God. Now, this, their love, is what the angel of the, his firmament teaches. Do you understand that? It's what the what? The angel of firmament teaches. What you call night, right, is that what you call night, you know, you, you transition from There's a night that is in the day. Praise God. That night is what night just means, just means that time when no man shall walk. That's how Jesus puts it. See, I must walk the walk of him that sent me while it is day, while the night coming when no man shall walk. Praise God. Yeah. And that word for night also means peace. Right? Right, night means when no one is busy. That's when the stars appear. Do you see that? Because if the star comes during the day, no one will look at it. There will be nothing like called astrology. Yeah. Guys are doing other things. But in the night when others are sleeping, when you, you come out, you just go, wow. There is all, there's actually another activity. Of the, this. So say, say heaven. heaven. Now, men are not concerned with heaven until you can bring them to, to be at rest. Yes, or you can make men to be at peace. Nobody on the earth, the earth is designed such that you should never get to a point of thinking about heaven. Right? 
You shouldn't think about, about what happened. The cause of the sanctuary is to solidify the soul in, in is to remove to the activity of man. Right? It's, to, it's actually to, to, to make man, to immobilize the, the nature of man. It is another nature. So you see, the nature of Christ is a kind of a man who has been immobilized concerning the things of the earth. He doesn't respond to the ones, hey, it's time for this. He doesn't shake. A Christ is in a perpetual night when it comes to this, this world. Why? It's a perpetual night. He's looking for another day. He's not interested in this day of this world anymore. He wants his, and he knows there's a day in God, which is a, he calls it the day dawns, right? He said, "Which you do well." When there's a more sure word of prophecy, where which whereunto you do well, Second um, Peter chapter one verse nineteen, that you take heed, sorry, whereunto that you do well to take heed, as unto a light that the Lord shine. You should take heed as a light that shineth where in it is. It's actually a dark place. The night time light. You see that. So the, the school of Christ is how to use is how to is a light of the night time. Where they you've, you it's the process where they heal the soul from the sun outside. Right, change that that sun is what controls all the busyness of men, all the things that men are doing is because of a sun that's shining. To stop activity, let sun turn to blackness. Everybody becomes a standstill. It will be like, like magic. Just imagine in the midday, everyone is going, you, you, got, you understand what I mean? Let's imagine how the busyness of traffic, those who are driving 100 miles per hour, those who are doing, those who are overtaking wrongly, those who are doing all the crazy things they are doing, amen, during the day, just imagine all of a sudden, the sun. You know, that's the prophecy of the Bible. The sun will turn to darkness. The moon will turn to blood or whatever, what they call it. It's, it's when they want to shut down the activities of men. It will happen. No? Do you know one thing that will happen? When the man-child company, God's elect, when their day comes, their day will not only affect them. It will become a war, day versus day. Which one will give way? It won't be that God's day is here, then unbeliever there. No, 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 no. One son will turn off another son. Yes. All of a sudden, all the activities of men will come to a standstill. Him who they pierce, they will begin to look at him. They will begin to wail because of him. That Matthew 24. Jesus was teaching about They asked him, when shall this thing be? What will be the signs of my coming? He began to explain all those things to them. All those things will occur. Glory to Jesus. But it's clear before, there will be a rising of that sun, which will affect all men. But before that will happen, it must rise in our hearts. In whose heart? Those who are following this pattern. Right? It's not, they are not looking for first the visible, the visible spectacular confirmation or appearance or prophetic word. 
That's why I, be, I pity for any Christian who is still running after prophecy. You know, some Christian souls have been spoiled by it. When I say spoil, and not all of us, many of us are not like that, but there are some of us, the places where we come from, our Christian culture, you live from prophecy to prophecy. This one prophesied for me, ah, this will happen. The other one, you can't live without prophecy. You understand what I mean? You must, ah, they told, they told me this, so this will happen to you in the future. That one will happen to you. You are this one. Your star, this, your star, you become this. You loaded us. And some of us, the things that are troubling us are things that all kind of prophets said to us. And is the devil. Oh, is the devil? I won't lie to you. <laughs> it's to, to create problems for the person who will preach to your soul later, who is, who is trying to tune your heart to the more sure word of prophecy. Now, I want you to picture this scenario. Raw, live, direct. Peter, James, John, all of them. They went. Is Peter narrating it? He was there. He's telling I was there live. Not story. He said, we've not followed cunningly. This is not fabulous. This is not a second-hand material. I sincerely was there. When we, when we made known unto you the power and the coming of... He said, we're talking, when we're talking about the power and the coming of Jesus Christ... We are not talking out of a fable because we are eyewitnesses of his majesty. See, when they say eyewitness, you don't know what this guy saw. <laughs> you know, they call it the transfiguration. So that transfiguration was when they had to bring Moses, bring Elijah in their bodies, right, to come and witness to who Jesus is. So they must have done a kind of a transfiguration of his glory to show him to them. And then for them to witness to him. Do you understand that? So he says that it's not for calling the wise fables. We were what eyewitnesses of what his majesty. So it doesn't, so let me tell you now, it doesn't matter whatever dream you saw. So no, I was in a trance. And so, so and so they took me into a great place and then they showed me who I will be in the years of so and so this will happen to me. I don't care about your vision. If it's something that has to do with this in this earth, show me I will be a controller of this and it will be for the kingdom. You know it's always for the kingdom. Eh? I, will be, I, will, I will be a multi-billionaire and you know what? It's just to fund the ministry. Or the, uh, one, of the, you know, one of the strongest to break is when his vision of God using you. Maybe as a, as a preacher or something. Winning souls, masses. You know, yeah, it's a vision. They just transport you to a, come, a crusade ground. In the, in the future, you just see yourself, wow. And then, and I imagine after the dream, then one of your prophets will call you. Yeah. Um, tonight, I had a dream also. And, <laughs> If you know all the kind of beings in the realm of the spirit, you'll be afraid of dream prophecy. If you know how easy it is for an evil spirit to give you a dream. Huh? You, 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 in your natural world, you use pencil and but they don't use the... That's their realm, man. They, you get what I'm trying to say? 
And your dream space is like your thought space. Any spirit that can gain access to your thought can gain access to your dream. There's nothing special about dream. Dream just means thought that came from your subconscious. In the more, more subconscious that because when you are alert, it won't come. It's not, it's not everything in you that comes to your conscious mind. There are some things that are more in your subconscious. It's when you dream that they come up. But they are all still thoughts. So a dream has no greater weight than a thought. So do you begin to do, fulfill everything that thought that enters your head? Yeah, I get what I'm saying. Glory to Jesus. Maybe Benji now has seen himself as a footballer, you know, as a winger. Destroyed guys on the left flank, you know what I mean? In Premier League. Benji, I think that thought, I know it has entered your mind. Me, I know. You've thought about that thought before. Am I lying, Benji? Maybe somewhere. You know, you just, it's just a thought of yourself. You just figure it out now. Now imagine because of that, you know, my Pastor Jeff, ah, I had a thought the other day. He said, man, I'm just, I'm buying ticket. I'm going to, to London, to UK. Why? Because I, no. <laughs> right? Sometimes you think, you daydream. There's not much difference between that and what you see in your dream. Most of those things, uh, you get what I'm trying to say. This is just to heal some of us who have some of those issues troubling you. What I'm just trying to say is that no matter what you have seen in your dream, it's not like what Peter saw. It can never be like, this, like what Peter saw. So let's leave, leave that thing, man. Let's calm down and learn the word of God. <laughs> say for he we are eyewitness of his majesty say for he received from God the Father honor and glory when there came such a voice to him from the excellent glory Hi, how does such a voice sound like and they heard it imagine hearing a voice from the excellent glory talking Say, this is my beloved son in whom I am what? You know, I'm well pleased. So they saw all these things. And this voice came from heaven. We heard when we were with him in the holy mount. Go on. But all these things, after experiencing them, let me tell you the truth. We have a more sure word of prophecy. Say more sure. more sure. So it doesn't matter what prophecy you've ever had in your life. They are saying that this one is more sure. So when you say prophecy, prophecy, what is prophecy? Prophecy are things that should come to pass. Not in your mind. In God's mind. <laughs> prophecy. When you say, I should be a preacher tomorrow, it's not a prophecy. It's not, it doesn't count as prophecy in this order. 
I should be this, I should be that. Anything about your life and your head doesn't fall into this category of prophecy. Do you know why? Because you can change your mind. You can say, God, I'm not a, I'm not a Muslim tomorrow. <laughs> and God knows you can do it. Praise God. But when you talk about prophecy, prophecy has to do with things that are settled forever. These things, you can, you can choose to participate in them or not participate. It can never change them. Do you get what I'm saying? All these things, like the book of Revelation, they call it the prophecy of this book. Those are things that should come to pass. Your involvement is not, whether you are involved or not, that's your own business, but they will come to pass. And God can wait on them. So, if I were you, hmm? if I were you, I will turn everything in my life to align with that which must occur. Why play a gamble when you know a sure thing? Do you understand what I mean? Why, why not just fight, find the role you are supposed to play in this whole thing and fit you? Just stay there. Don't, don't get too carried away and all those. Just stay in your role. Man. Do you understand what I'm trying to tell you? I should be this. I should be this. God said I should be this. No, it's not part of your role. Whether you are that or you're not that, it won't change the prophecy. I came to this land of Canada. This is why the Lord brought me. He said this so and this. I agree. But I'm not saying that, but I'm just telling you, in all you're doing, please. Those things might or might not be. It doesn't, whatever you say you want to be, it's not written in the stars. The way the why they saw Jesus in the star, there's no star of you that you say, no, you must be this in this life. There's no, God doesn't even think in that way concerning you. God is not like that. God is not like that at all, at all, at all. Today you can say, you can say God, okay, what, what profession should I do? God will say, okay, look. Be a, be a cook. Why are you shouting? Isn't that a good thing? Then you say, wow, I should be a cook. Awesome. I'm going to now be a cook. Then you now come up that some time later. You say, God, what should I be? Ah, God can say, man, based on some, some logistical, you know. When I told you be a cook, that you were not serious with Bible. You understand? So I was just talking to that kind of person. That you, yeah. But now... The, the part you have journeyed to, the things you've tampered with, the things you are now committed to, I have to be this other thing instead. It will align more with that which should come to pass. So, the way we think God is not like that. I said that God told me five years ago, I must forget that. You are too small for that. Don't think of yourself in those terms. You understand what I mean? Follow, align your life with these things. Find where is your place here. It's very clear. You will find your place in terms of who you should company with. The prophecy is about a company. But they didn't say whose name will be there. They just said their numbers. And in this job, overtaking is allowed. Exchange is allowed. You know what I mean? 
Replacing is allowed. It's in scripture now. How many guys have they replaced? They replaced guys now. We know that there should be 12 apostles and the name should be written on the city. At some point, Judas was one of them. But we know in the end his name. You won't find his name there. Quick replacement or call. Very, very swiftly. Even the way they did this, it even seems spiritual. Casting lots. It's almost as if wherever it falls to, it doesn't matter. <laughs> but I know it matters. But what I'm trying to tell you, you get what I'm trying to say? That you can't. <laughs> so if you say, ah, this man tried company, it's not really something that I'm really, really, you know, it's too esoteric, all those things. And they'll say, no problem, no problem. It's okay. They will now call somebody else. Somebody else whose path was going one way. Your mercy can ambush them. Say, come on. Someone just left their Lord. Are you willing, the moment he, he sees it, hey, he will say everything. If he ever had an ambition before, he will swear, this company must be there. That's it. hear the interpretation of that quickly. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. For it is ended in me. For this it is written. It is written. For this is all that I have for man. This is all I have for man. Even my life. For Likata, I have come. That man would have life and have it more abundantly. And that is the promise to man. Nothing else. So find your way to align to that. Find your way and take your place in that. And settle. And settle. And settle in gaining life and gaining it even more abundantly. For this is, this is my promise to man. And this is all I have for man. This is all that matters to my heart. That man would have life. That man will have it more abundantly. For everything that even happens along the path of having life is orchestrated that you would end up in the place of life. In the place of having life more abundantly. For I orchestrate even in the path of coming to me, of coming even into life more abundantly. I orchestrate things, but my goal, my purpose is to bring you even into more abundant life. So stay aligned. 
find your path and settle. Settle, settle, stay, rest in the path. Rest in this path, rest in this path. For this is the greatest and anything, there is nothing worth or like it ever in eternity. Even in the world to come, it is to gain life. All I've ordained is that man should be like me and should bear my image. Is that you have life more abundantly. There is nothing else and nothing to be compared to it, says the Spirit of the Lord. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. <clears throat> Glory to God. Okay, let's quickly go back to that, Peter. Um, praise God. So it says that we, we have a more sure word of prophecy. It's more sure, right? Uh, whereunto you do well that you take heed. So you're taking heed unto a word of prophecy, right? You first, so the, and this taking heed to it are in two main seasons, right? So it means the prophetic word are calibrated into two main seasons of light, right? The first season is as unto a light that shineth in a dark place. So when you say as unto, is the prophecy itself is like a kind of a light. It's a, it's a light that should guide you in a dark place. Do you see that? Say guide. 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 So to be honest with you, this is the prophecy every man should live by. If you have any other prophecy on your life, Delete them today. And the Lord wants me to say it to you. If anybody has prophesied anything to you that is, not, uh, that is not this prophecy or does not align with this or that doesn't serve this, you need to let, if you don't, they will lead you astray. Prophecy can lead you because you feel like you need to fulfill them. And you begin to tam you can tamper with your causes, tamper with your life. If you are if you are heeding to an inferior prophecy, when a more sure prophecy has come and visited your life, do you get what I'm trying to say? Well, he said that you if you are not heeding to this, you are not doing well. This is what you, you should take heed onto. So don't 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 hold on to anything else. If you don't know too much about this one, when you read this verse, you go and be asking God, hey God. Can I, I shouldn't miss this kind of thing. I must, you must explain to me. You must show me. I want to see the light that shines. Have you seen the light that shines in the dark place? It's clear that this light, of course, is the light of Christ, right? Like everything I've been, been teaching, right? That it's the light that shines first in a dark place. It will be in a dark place until the day will dawn, right? Then the day star will then do what? Arise in your heart. Glory to Jesus. Until the world, the day will dawn. And then there's what we call the day star will begin to arise. And then let's go forward. Let's continue quickly. It says, now, knowing this first, that no prophecy of Scripture, so it's clear this prophecy is talking about scriptural prophecies. And it's not, it's not what of any in private interpretation, verse 21. For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were, do, they were what, moved by the 
Holy Ghost. They were moved by the Holy Ghost. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Thank you, Father. Glory to Jesus. So, in the, the, the light of the firmament, he's talking about the light that God has placed in heaven. Firmament is like heaven. Heaven means above the earth. Right? Another word for heaven actually means it's above man. Right? It is, another word for heaven means divine. It is, it is of the divine. Right? It is it has a divine property. Glory to Jesus. Or another word for it, it is not terrestrial. It is celestial. And if it's celestial, according to 1 Corinthians 15, it has its own kind of glory. But there's one glory of the terrestrial. There's another glory of the, terrest- of the, of the celestial. Praise Jesus. So the stars that are above, they speak of, the, of what you call celestial glory. Praise Jesus. Say, say celestial glory. Celestial glory. glory. Amen. Amen. So these churches here are um, churches who have come into, they were churches of a particular conversation. Means that you can now, based on everything I have said to you, you can almost now see and discern the school. These churches were in a particular zone of learning. They were in a place of learning. Amen. They are in a place where their burning light should turn into a what? Shining light. They are in a place where or where they, they, their day should dawn. Right? Their day should do what? Should dawn. You know, when you come into, when dawn happens, it's not at the beginning of the day. Do you know that? Do you know that you do you know burning light enters inside the holy place most holy? Yes, it does. It does in the form of coal. If the priest, high priest, doesn't have a burning light with him, you shouldn't go in. The incense which he brings into the most holy is released by a burning light. Right? Coal is talking of a kind of a flame that is a type of an inheritance. Do you see that? So when, when you come into a new day, you don't start with the morning. You come into the day, it's still night until the day will dawn. So it means that once you move into the most holy, it's not that once you get there, it's not morning all of a sudden. No. There is a night. It's still. And when you are still in that night, you still have the characteristic of burning. Do you get that? What I say, you, have, you still have what? You still have the Character. Although at that point you are not just a flame, you are a stand. So when you see these churches here, they are churches of the, that have actually entered into the most holy. They began that cause of the new day. 
praise God, but they need to keep gazing at the message of that day. Do you understand what I mean? Amen. Please don't think of, and what I'm saying is not complicated at all. This is simple, very simple, okay? If it's complex, I won't teach it. Because I don't teach complex things, right? You all know that. All right? Do I teach complex things? No? Jimmy, what's your side? Jimmy, I trust you. What? I make what? Praise God. Um, so, don't be afraid when you hear star day. It's not, you're not trying to be, you know, esoteric or, no, it's just, is it in the Bible? If it's there, we shouldn't leave it. It means something. We're just trying to explain what, what it means by the Spirit of God. And not, Daddy has been teaching this for a long time. So, nothing I'm saying is like new. I just teaching things he has been teaching. Glory to Jesus. Because it falls under the kind of emphasis that our, our season right, is, is bringing us into. Praise God. So that day, um, a sign of a type of day, when you come into the day, the day which God wants to bring you into is a day of his life. It has his own glory. It has his own peculiarity. And the, its kind of light is different. What is light? Light means that which makes, which illuminates a walk, or that which defines a walk. You can. Jesus was tying light to walking. We're speaking about I must walk while it is day, right? It means that the walk. As he has come to a season of where he walks in the day, and he's saying that the work I do in the day, night can't be done. It can't be done in the night. You understand what I mean? So, the light, you, you, light is what um, makes works visible. Now, the works you are doing, if I don't have the light for the works you are doing, I can never understand you. Like, you bring somebody near you who doesn't have the light for the kind of life you are living. They will just be wondering, what kind of nonsense is this? What are you, why are you spending your time doing all these things? Why are you doing They will, they will have all kind of issues. They, they just don't have the light to understand your works. Why do you spend four hours or so on Wednesday and then you come again Saturday, you spend an hour, what are you doing? Are you the only one? Did, you, did Jesus die for you specially in a special kind of way that we don't all know about? Do you understand what I mean? Someone recently was, just, was advising me, you know that from a very good heart, well-meaning heart. You know, just an advice that, you see, this teaching thing, if it's once a month, you know, it's just to, you get what I'm saying, it's from a good place. But it's not from a, it's, but it's just that the light of what we are doing, that the person doesn't have, you know, they are not seen with that light. If they don't have that light, there's no how you can see the point of this. It's not possible. It doesn't make any sense. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? But when the light of the work that God wants to do comes, 
you now begin to say, ah, even if, if the light comes on that person, they're going to begin to beg me. Can you move it to more than every day? And time be said every day, so she's worse. <laughs> Praise God. But do you understand what I'm trying to say to you? You can't, you must, it's based on the light. You understand the work. Light will shine. When light shines, you see the work. Right? You see the work. And you can have a place where there are two works at play. There are just two, diff- two works are happening there. If you bring the light for the, for a, the smaller work, when you shine it there, you only see that one. You think that's all that's there. You go away. But if you bring a greater light, so that there's more than this work being done here, there's actually something actually deeper going on. Do you see what I'm trying to say to you? Like somebody who, let's say, they are, they are learning patience. There's a walk in the spirit called patience. Right? It's clear. Patience is a work. So let patience have its perfect work. Or something. James. There's a walk in the spirit called patience. It's just a work. Now, you, when you get to an unbeliever, he has this kind of patience. Then come to a newborn Christian who has his own patience, which is not different from what an unbeliever has, mostly. But there's, there's, a, there's one that cannot be tainted and stained by the milk of the word that will re- redefine it and, and repurpose it towards a particular direction, right? That's the milk of the word. Then he's still patient, though. And when it comes to what is it, it's just patience. His soul having patience. But when that soul begins to interact with the light called Christ, you see that, that soul is still a patient soul. But the, what the, the, the particular work of patience that you will find in a soul who has been in the school of Christ is not of the same carat or the same quality as the work of patience you will find in someone who is a baby Christian. When you just look at them, if you bring outward light of general human beings, I say, ah, that's a patient guy. Yeah, he's also patient. Nice. You just see patience. All right? That patient, you know, there's now another patience that has everlasting quality. Do you get what I'm saying? It's everlasting quality. But to the naked eye, it's just he's a patient guy. But somebody who, doesn't, who hasn't been walked in that way by the light of Christ, it means they've not gone through the school of patience under Christ, that has the, 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 the trials involved, all the dealings involved, everything. Glory to Jesus. Someone like that, when you now take him, he hasn't been through all that, you're now moving him into some terrain and some kind of scenario. That patient will disappear. Are you, do you get what I'm saying? Patience will just disappear, man. At some point, what's up, what's up, what's up, It's like bring somebody, let me just say in a very simple analogy, bring somebody who likes word. They listen to message. You know what I mean? Finish tear, they can tear like 10 faith messages. Like nothing. You understand? 
is in their frame. You understand what I mean? They listen to. I know Jimmy was like that. <laughs> <laughs> it was that you hear the person, so he has that kind of thing. Praise God. But you can then suspend them. Okay, let's not do 10. Let's just do one message from another realm. You know what I mean? Just say, let's say a message about the candlestick. Just. <laughs> What will happen? You now discover that the patience it needs to, you need to hear, whosoever shall say unto this mountain, that one, you can, have, you can listen to that back front, everything. The patience for that kind of message is not, you know what I mean? The menorah and all that. And then, and, unless it's daddy teaching it, you understand? It's the word. <laughs> Before you saw the trouble has come, you know what I mean? You know, discover that the patience for that, to, to journey in that kind of understanding. Before you know it, you go, it needs to go to the word rush room, or come, all kinds of things. And he might begin to try and draw into his, you know, he knows that he's a don when it comes to messages. So he's trying to, you know, yeah. <laughs> but God can help him. Maybe he can stay through one meeting and, then <laughs> <laughs> you're not thinking, ah, this is a prayer week. We meet every day this week. So, can you call me? You know, what will happen is another, it's another world entirely. You don't have strength to stay with such a thought. A thought you, you can't relate with your things that you are used to. It's in office. It's thought of another world. It means for, for another world, you need, you need the patience of that world. To stay with the thought of that, that world. You get what I'm saying? Like you bring a priest from the most holy place. The things they do. You can't subject a Levite to that. They will get tired. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? So I'm just showing you graduations of works. So that patience is a kind of a work. What works the kind of patience of Christ is you, you must have the light of Christ to produce that kind of work. Under that light, that kind of work will emerge. Do you get what I'm saying? And that work can be sitting. Someone now who has that kind of patience, there, the world might not see him as anything. The world might say, you are too slow. You are not... Uh, because they can't see the work. When you bring that person to a, a zone where the appreciation of such things is present, ah, what a beautiful soul. Do you get what I'm trying to say? So I'm just trying to explain to you the difference. When you say a burning light, then there's now another kind. It's called a shining light. Are you seeing the gap between burning light and shining light? Is the difference between God and man. Do you see that? It's like compare your candle to a star. Right? There are different kind of... A candle needs oxygen to burn. Oxygen of the earth. But where the star is shining, there might not be oxygen there. Who knows what is even there? <laughs> you get what I'm trying to say? Do you get what I'm saying? 
So I'm just showing you that God has his own kind of light, and his light are for his type of works. You might, you might think, okay, when we get to the world of the most holy, what kind of works will we be doing? You say, no, 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 it's not just for patience. Patience is too simple. <laughs> but then we'll be doing patience in Talia la Luna. <laughs> because it's not just... <laughs> because you feel like patience is too simple. Everybody has patience. How can you tell me that you're coming from the most holy? How you, are, you have is patience, you are kindness, you are meek. You are, those are simple terms, man. No, my earthly guys have that. No, it's not like that. How you know is what did Jesus have? Jesus did not have strange things. Jesus, Jesus didn't say, "Now, right now, there's a department in me called one strange." No, no, no. This is just simple stuff. Like, but the power from where the the the, the quality of the craft of His own. Now, can you, have you been obedient unto death? That one is another, that's a different kind of... Now, I'm not saying you are dying for your own thing. I'm saying that you are dying for nothing that has anything to do with you. It's a strange thing, actually, very strange. Men can give their body to be born for their own name. But no man has ever died for nothing that concerns him before. That's what makes the death of Jesus special. Strange. Now, what was the quality in him that can make a man do that? It's clear. Moses did not have it. Adam did not have it. None of the prophets had it. Even John did not have it. After a while, John started asking questions. Are you the one to come or should we sing another? <laughs> when he began to feel the heat of jail, you know what I mean? Jail cell. You know, he's used to be in the wild, the prophet, you know, taking a wild prophet. Now bring the wild prophet inside a jail cell. <laughs> it means that that jail cell could tamper with John's. And he said that of all men born of a woman, no man has a reason like him. With that status, he, that jail tampered with John. He began to write letter to Jesus and send message. Beautiful John. You understand what I mean? That's even that's small then. What about Jesus. It's not, just, it's not just prison. Imagine hanging him to the cross. Having all the power to end everything. And he was innocent. Innocent. Completely. Of everything. You understand what I mean? The power of his life. It's clear that nice bro cannot do that kind of job. There will be a point where nice bro would have ended at... You know where we have ended? Not even forget about Gethsemane. Um, no, 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 no. One day, we just wake up one morning and, just yawn. and Judas will just greet him. Good morning, sir. That, <laughs> look at that, Judas. <laughs> Something will just rise up. And <laughs> because knowing him, knowing what he, don't know what he's going to do, that would have been the end. But Jesus, imagine Jesus living with you. Can you live with a Judas? I mean, not just Judas in, in terms of, you know, when you call some of your friends Judas, I mean the one who, the one that who, Satan didn't just anoint him with oil. Satan filled his heart. Now, can you live with somebody who Satan filled his heart morning to night, every day? Now, what was Jesus enduring? Do you get what I'm trying to say? Now, if you are nice, can your niceness 
Can it, is it, does it have the character? Or let's say you have love. Can your love handle that kind of something? That would tell you all spiritual food are in grades. So don't feel like, no, I, I'm, I forgive. You don't know what you're talking about. You forgive someone stealing your five naira. That's not the, that's not the end of something. Can you forgive what Peter did to Jesus? Knowing who Peter was to him. Let's, okay, let's, let's now leave Peter. Let's now say on that cross. You know, it's, it's, it's so nice. Maybe you can even see yourself doing it. Forgive them for they know what they do. But let them put you in that kind of place. With all your love and all your... You now discover that men, forgiveness and forgiveness are not the same they are not the same kind of thing. Do you understand what I'm trying to say to you? I'm, I'm showing you quality of works. Works are in grades. It's not all spiritual that's spiritual. Yeah, it's, it's spiritual. It's all in spiritual. No, 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 no. Men are in shapes. Men are in sizes. It's according to what, what work was done in you. And the work that's done in you is according to what light did they use to construct the work that is in your soul. Not all faith is faith. There's a faith called most holy faith. That one keeps you in the love of God. That is a different, it's not just I have faith. It's another quality. It's a, so there is a kind of a light that can produce a most holy faith in a soul. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. So what I'm just saying to you is that this church of revelation, they are written for us to see their own graduation. They are in a place of when they have been initiated into say, a, a realm of setting works, but they need to now begin to, to switch to a higher light that can illuminate the exactness of the criteria of the demand. You know, he told them, I know thy works. You have works. But nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee. What he's saying is that when I, if we use, we check your light, he's done some things. But if we use the light of your angel, then now you begin to notice some gaps. There are some gaps here. You're coming short, man. Nevertheless, I have someone against you because thou hast left thy first love. Thou hast left that. Means by holding the first love as a cause. That's why they, they began to, to leave it. You know, in all these realms, there's a, there's a gravitational pull of drawing back. Everything about this realm. That was the same language they used for Hebrews. Time when you ought to be teachers, you now have one because they say gravity. Who is the gravity? It's Satan is a magnet. It's, can you not go ahead? Means if you sleep, if you dull here, you will begin to slide backwards because of the enemy. There's an enemy walking against the glory. So you can hold your first love and then lose your first love. 
Amen. But they have to then, the Lord had to bring the angels that show the exactness of the doctrine, of the message, of the work which this church ought to be doing, ought to be perfect. Let's go, go to verse 5 quickly as we close. Says, remember therefore from whence thou art fallen, repent and do the first works. You see that? For as I come quickly and I will remove thy candlestick out of its place, except thou repent. So you're seeing first love, first works. First love, and then what? First love. First where? First in this place of standing. The lampstand is standing where? It's standing in the presence of God. Do you see that? So if it's a, slump, it's a lamp that has a stand in the presence, it must do the works of the presence. Of the, presence. the work of the presence is defined by particular love code. It's called the love of the beginning. You see that? It's the love, it's the love which Cain offended. It's a type of it. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? Glory to Jesus. The Lord will help us. You can just stop here because... Time has gone, <clears throat> but um, I, I'm, I pray that the, the enlightenment, you know, there's a, there's a kind of a, a subtle enlightenment. It, it involves some kind of sophistication. It, a sophistication with which you, you're able to, to behold and to, uh, to think and, and to see and perceive spiritual things. You get what I'm trying to say? They begin to Open up. The more, the higher you go in the spirit, the more invisible the works become. You understand? There'll be a time when you say, "Ah, I, I, I'm patient too, but I don't forgive." So God needs to make me become a forgiver. Then you work on that. You add forgiveness to you. There'll be a time when they will work all those things out in you. So, but they'll now get based. You now feel like, "Wow, God has helped me a lot." But they'll not be a time. It's not just about them. They begin to now. Think about the quality of your works. That everything you have spiritually, there is a better form of it. There is a more excellent quality of it. That's when you begin to move into the more invisible end. Somebody who is doing that, outwardly, you, you won't see, you, you might not see he's changing. You don't know what he's doing. Unless you have the eyes to see. Ah, Kai. This is your love. The way it's tasting now. It's different from how you just taste before. You have done something. You need someone with that kind of eyes to see. The Lord will help us. I pray that the Lord will open up season of his works. Wherever you are in this whole landscape, whatever, whatever work the Lord is doing in life, whatever he's doing, my prayer is that it will increase. Amen. It will begin to get better. I'm talking about the wine that flows within your soul will begin to get sweeter and sweeter and sweeter by the inworking, the walking of the Holy Spirit. Just begin to pray um, right now. However this word has ministered to you, whatever it has said to you, just begin to speak concerning it. I want you to see, look inwardly, look within your soul. Look within your soul. Just begin to look within you. Allow your eyes to be, allow your, your gaze to be cast upon the works. The works which the Lord, what he has started, what he has, he has begun in you. 
right? We know that he who has begun a good work in you is able to perfect it, is able to fulfill it. Just begin to pray and say, Lord, I'm open, I'm open. Open me, Lord. Open me, Lord. You can see where I am. You can see the light which I hold, the light with which I'm using. You can see the level, Lord, of my discernment concerning the works. Yeah, even concerning the standard of that which you want to be wrought in my life, even in this time, in this season. Begin to ask the Lord, let the light shine brighter. Let it brighter. Let it shine brighter. The, 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 the part of the jaws is as a light that shines brighter and brighter. Brighter and brighter. Even unto a perfect day. Just begin to pray. Say, Lord, bring me closer. Bring me closer to a perfect day. Bring my heart closer. Bring my soul closer. Bring my soul closer. Bring me closer. Bring me closer. Bring me closer. Draw me closer. Closer to the perfect day. Lemarosia. Oromenehasia. Orimahasia. Orimenehasia. Orinevahasia. Onikariento enbre to siambra eta verena 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 verana veresta veranos elerot aleni kaleni maronon igremo on malota makena estenondes mesona. There are some of us, your light as some of your lamps are not even lit yet. For some of us, some of your lambs have been put out. Begin to pray for the Lord. For the ministry of the high priest. To trim your lamp. Let your light appear. If you are in a season of using the burning light. That shines in a dark place. Ask the Lord. Help me. Help my lamp. Help my lamp. Help my lamp. Give me fire in my lamp. Give me light in my lamp. Lighten me, lighten my path, lighten my path. Unveil the works, the works which you ought to do, which you ought to perfect in my life at this time. Nivana solia taparadeske, Ivana osia, Evranta elemeranoka, 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 oremeranoka, 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 oremeranoka. Oriela Macoriendis Evan Ove Tali Maliso Yemron Elemra Limbria Evrano Divano Zeneo Veresto Elirianto Eliscone 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 Eriscone Eriscone Enito Eniso Enisco Enimionte Emimemene 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 Emimemese Menekenia Mengre, angry, 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 almra, almra, yala baba 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 Thank you, Jesus.
Thank you, Father. Amen. Praise God. Something I have is a word of knowledge for someone. I don't know who you are, but the Lord is saying that He's been actually talking to you before for some time. He's telling you, you need to change your light. You might not have received it in those terms, but that's what he's saying. And what he's saying to you is that you need to come out of stop using the light which men use. And he said that there are versions of yourself which you have seen, which have come into your heart, which has been shown to you based on the calibration of the outward life. But the Lord is saying that it's time to move. It's time to, for you to take up your priestly identity. For you to move into your profession and to begin to see your new self and embrace your new self. That's not defined by any light which men use in this world. The Lord is saying that in this season of emphasis, I'm actually calling unto you, reaching out to you, that you have a part, you have a lot in the priesthood. That's what Jesus is saying. He's saying, I should tell you that the priesthood, my priesthood, is more honorable than anything you can be in this world. He's saying that my, it's my mercy calling out to you. Can you let go of that which is ephemeral, which will not stand the test of time? And can you come to me? Let me clothe you with my own glory. And I will make you beautiful, better than anything that this world can adorn you with. And I will make your life count in another way, in the actual way and in the actual sense. Wherever you are, I pray for you that the Lord will give you grace Amen. and the Lord will strengthen your heart Amen. to listen to his call. Amen. He said, I'm calling you, I'm calling you, and I'm calling indeed you all to single eye. Single eye. Single eyed living. Amen. For you yeah, to take up that eye which only sees the spirit, which only esteems value in the spirit which only take thought of the spirit. Amen. So come into, for you are in that eye is your, when you have a single eye, your body shall be full of light. Shall be full of light. Shall be full of light. See the Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus, I thank you. This evening, we give glory to your name. We worship you. Thank you for your thoughts towards us. Lord, we meekly accept Lord, all your intentions for us. We esteem your judgment concerning all things to be right. And we, you walk in us the hatred, Lord, for every false way. Thank you, our Father. I pray, Lord, today that let the import, the blessing, the weight, spiritual, there is a spiritual import, Lord, of this word which you brought today, that which we ought to take home, which will stay with us, which will continue to minister to us, to drive this home to our depths, to create the convictions, Lord, for the change, transformation I need to occur. Lord, I pray let everyone who listen to me, Lord, let blessing flow. Let it stay. Let it go. With you. Let it rest with you. Thank you, our Father. 
We give all the glory to your holy name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you.